Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Internet Marketing Episode 12 on Monday the 9th of October. And today we're talking about accessibility. Good morning, Mr. Jeremy Jacobs. How are you, good sir? Good morning, Andy. I'm not too bad. Yourself? I'm exceedingly well, thank you very much. That's very good to hear. And today we are talking about... Accessibility. Well, accessibility. accessibility. Okay. This is a very hot uh, topic, of course. Yes. And uh, it's very important as well, because there is now legislation mm. um, about it. So perhaps can start off, just tell us, what is web accessibility, in a nutshell? Okay. Well, um, a lot of people, when they think of or hear of web accessibility, instantly go to uh, disabled people, which essentially is what web accessibility or accessibility, as I'll refer to it throughout this podcast, um, is talking about. Um, it's making sure that your website is accessible as possible to pretty much everyone. Um, think of it that you know um, many shops, restaurants, bars, etc. now um, have disabled access for wheelchair users. Think of it pretty much the same along the lines um, as doing the same but for your website. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, it's not just about disabled people. We a lot of people think, oh, it's about uh, people with visual impairments and using screen readers. But um, the, the great thing about accessibility and making sure your site's accessible is it can benefit pretty much anyone. Um, even, um, you know, sort of people, say, for example, you know, uh, the older generation um, who maybe aren't as used to using computers as younger people are. Um, accessibility, you know, does actually help them as well as, you know, people with, say, visual impairments. So, yes, because I have heard that um, if your website is built in such a way that it's, it, it's following these accessibility guidelines, it actually helps your search engine rankings. Is that true? It can help. It really does benefit everything. Um, I think making sure that your site is accessible, um, you know, accessibility covers a very, very wide range of things. Um, probably, uh, you know, so much we can't actually go into it today. But, um, you know, making sure your site is accessible means that it's well built, um, as in talking about the code that it's built in, but also, you know, in the way it looks, etc. So it's going to help users because it's going to make it easier for people to use. Mm. So that sort of covers usability side of things. Um, and also it means that if, you're, if you're, you're sort of like, for example, HTML code is well structured, 
um, as accessibility guidelines say it should be, it means that search engines are going to be able to access the information you know and your content very easily so again it's going to you know it's certainly going to help sort of search engine optimization as well yeah so basically accessibility is all to do with um, equally easy access for everyone basically yes. regardless of, the, of of their situation now is there Absolutely. is there how much evidence is there that people on the internet that you know webmasters if you like are actually following these guidelines and as a sort of secondary question you know Kind of not so much why is it important because we know it's important, but but what would you say to those people who aren't following it? Why? What, what's their sort of real motive for um, you know getting their websites up to spec in terms of accessibility? Sure. Well, I think the 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 most sort of uh, important point about all of this is it's the law <laughs> now. Yeah. Um, this everything's covered under the Disabilities Discrimination Act of 1995. Um, and since 1999, um, it has been made law that um, website owners make what they call, and I'm doing my little rabbit ears inverted comment right. thing here, reasonable adjustments to their sites in terms of accessibility. Mm. So really, that's the most important reason as to why you know we need to be aware of accessibility and start to think about doing something about it, purely because it is the law. Um, companies can be taken to court um, and, you know, um, sued, whatever, you know, legal action taken against them um, because, you know, their site isn't deemed to be accessible. So I think that's probably the most important reason as to why, you know, people need to be aware of it and doing something about it. Mm. Mm. And what about the actual sort of technicalities of making your site accessible? What does it actually involve, Jeremy? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is um, think about um, consulting different organisations who do actually um, do a lot of research and publish guidelines on this. The W3C or the World Wide um, Web Consortium um, are probably the biggest influence um, over uh, um, accessibility. They publish what's called the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines or WCAG. Mm -hmm. um, there's two versions. Um, version 1, which is probably the most important at the moment, they are in sort of working on version 2, but they're, at the moment they're saying stick to version 1. And they actually provide a sort of, I think it's around 65 point uh, checklist that webmasters can go away and actually work through to make sure their site's accessible. Okay, and that's available on the web, is it Jeremy? It is. If you go to um, www.w3.org, that's the, num the, the character 3, not... Uh, the spells out. Yep. Um, W3.org, um, that's uh, the World Wide Web Consortium's homepage, and then there's a link on there to the accessibility area. Mm -hmm. um, and you can probably can download those guidelines for free. Um, and uh, they're actually split into three level, what they call levels of conformance: um, A, AA, and AAA. Um, what they actually say about that is that all um, websites should be. Um, at least level A. They, that's sort of like the, the sort of bottom level of what you have to achieve. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of different factors. Some some reasonably technical, some non-technical things that people need to consider. Um, level uh, or sorry, double A level is the W3 state that most web, or websites uh, should really stick to these levels but it's not compulsory and then finally there's triple a which is um sort of nice to have it'd be really good if you could achieve these but they're not essential 
So my advice to people would be go away, get onto the W3C website, download those guidelines um, and, and just have a read through the sort of level A list and see you know, how, how that relates to your website and what you need to do. Yeah, the, the, the World Wide Web, Web Consortium presumably is your first port of call for advice. I mean, are there any other places where you can go? There are, yes. The RNIB, or Royal National Institute for the Blind, which is a um, UK charity, if you like, um, mm-hmm. publish um, some f- absolutely fantastic um, gui- um, sort of advice on their website. Their URL is www.rnib.org.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you just type RNIB into Google, they'll come up number one. Um, and then if you actually go, um, it's a bit, it's actually a bit tricky to find, actually, um, ironically, um, I think. But uh, if you click on the link that says Good Design on their homepage, and then yeah. uh, there's a link called for the Web Access Center. And under the Web Access Center, they've got a little area of the website where they've got lots of really good non-technical advice on um, all sorts of different things to do with accessibility with regards to your websites and also just general advice on why accessibility is so important and things you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have any um, sort of level or sort of um, checklist like the W3C do and they actually direct people off to the W3C to make sure um, to actually look at these guidelines and make sure their site's accessible th- uh, through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just one last interesting point about the RNIB, they do actually have a telephone number, which unfortunately I don't have off the top of my head, uh, but you can get from the website, and they have an advice line that webmasters can actually phone up um, and ask the RNIB advice about particular issues, um, which I have actually done myself a couple of times, and they're very, very helpful. So okay. that's another sort of port of call there as well. Are there any other international organisations, Jeremy? Because the, uh, the, the Royal National Institute for the Blind are UK-based, aren't they, of course? They are. Um, How about our friends in the States? Um, well, I would say to our friends in the States to actually just to really stick with um, the W3C. Mm. Um, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of any particular organisations in the US, um, but the... Um, W3C is considered, or their guidelines are considered to be the global standard in accessibility um, and those those uh, issues surrounding it. So I would certainly advise um, people to actually go and uh, have a look at their site. Mm. Um, there is also, um, again, this is again British, but there is uh, the uh, Disabilities Rights Commission um, actually commissioned the British Standards Institution to publish this um, document called PASS 78. Um, That's actually another document that people are uh, strongly advised to go and download. You can actually get it for free now. Um, It's actually off the Disability Rights Commission's website. Um, Download it for free and that's got some really good advice and guidelines um, in there as well for people. Jeremy, was 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 that... Pass seventy eight or pass T eight P A S seven eight or one oh, one okay. word yeah pass okay. seventy eight um, the the disabilities rights commission um, is the website I do have the the address here but it's particularly long okay um, but the the disabilities rights commission I'll just give you their their short URL it's www.drc-gb.org Okay, well, listen. If you if you send those to me, I will make sure that they they certainly go on the show notes on my website www.summitsolutions.co.uk, and um, I'm sure you will want to post them on yours as well. So we'll yes. make sure we've got all those links and that that long address on the on the the show notes. Absolutely. Now, listen, Jeremy. I mean, I 
I, I don't know what presumably you've got, you've got your ear to the ground um, on accessibility, but what's your perception of how people are sort of sort of accepting it, or not? Perhaps that's not the right word. What's your perception of how people are embracing it? Because I've I've heard from one or two sources that there's a little bit of fuzziness, a little bit of confusion about exactly what you should and shouldn't be doing. But what's your take on it? Um, I completely agree. I think there isn't much clarity about what needs to be done. Um, there are a lot of organisations out there. That, for example, the Past 78 document that I, I just mentioned was published recently. Um, you know, they were charging people for it originally and then they've, they've decided to actually give it away for free. But mm. that, you know, I, I think a lot of these these websites organizations don't often provide conflicting information so i think um you can pretty much go to any of these and actually get some really good advice from them but as i mentioned earlier w3c organization is is considered the global standard so um we do i urge people to go and speak oh sorry go and look at their website and actually get some information from them but i think I think, as you, you rightly say, there is confusion about what's going on. As I mentioned earlier, the W3C is definitely the, the one to, to go and have a look at um, because, as I said, are, they are considered the global um, standard. RNIB do refer people to the W3C as well. Um, there, I think there is a lot of confusion about what, you know, what level people have to, to achieve and things that they need to do. Mm. Um, and I think um, even though there is a lot of confusion, and it does sound like a very big subjects and they're quite quite sort of scary in a way because of the legal issues surrounding everything but um, if you actually go and look at the guidelines and the checklist there isn't actually that much to do to a website to actually mm. get you up um, to that level um, one of the most important things which I wanted to mention was these things called alt tags ah yes I've heard about the importance of alt tags and accessibility yes. um, they're, they're called a number of things alt tags alt text alternative text or alternative mm. tags yeah, one of those four ones would be fine. Um, essentially, what they are, um, you know, when you roll your mouse over an image on a on a on a yeah. website, and you get that little sort of um, tooltip yellow box with some mm. writing there, that's actually the 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 browser displaying what's called the alt text. And the whole point of it, essentially, um, nowadays, is to actually it's there for accessibility. So when a screen, someone using a screen reader comes to use a website, say for example, have a visual impairment. What the screen reader will do is actually read out that alt text, provide yeah. what they call an alternative text description. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are very, very important. Probably one of the the sort of biggest checkpoints you know you need to do for your sites to make sure all of your images have suitable alt text. Um, I would advise people to go and speak, uh, look at the RNIB website for some really good guidance on that because unfortunately it's not as cut and dry as just providing a description of an image. Mm. Um, there's different things we need to consider, for example, if the image is a link, you don't actually need to describe the image, you just need to describe where the link will take you. Right. Um, other things, for example, like decorative images or um, parts of the navigation of the site don't need alt text because they don't actually provide any context to the information on that page. So okay. a lot of people seem to think, oh, alt text, okay, or alt text, I'll just put some a description in. But it's actually not the case that you need to do that every time. So as I mentioned before, have a look at the RNRB website because they've got this fantastic little page that describes everything you need to do. But the yeah. key thing about the alt text is it's a very, very simple simple non-technical thing that people can add to their site but the impact it has on accessibility is huge um, and I've seen some very high profile websites out there that don't have any alt text 
and it's one of these things that they need to really really think about and get put right straight away actually you mentioned uh, you mentioned um, audio screen readers yes. and I was really surprised the other day because somebody pointed out to me that the way these things work of course is they completely ignore the style sheet information Yes. So, of course, they, they will read out what's on your web page as literally as it appears in the HTML file. That's correct. And one really um, interesting thing to do is, is if you're using Firefox, you can actually view any website without any of the style sheet information applied. And uh, it's quite interesting, actually, to go to a site, especially if you're working on a site actually uh, view it in Firefox, turn off, the, I think it's under view, and then you can turn off the style sheet. Mm. And what you will see is literally the order that a screen reader would read it in. And it's quite interesting because you can realize all of a sudden you've actually got something in the wrong order and it just wouldn't make sense at all. But because of the style sheet, it appears just really nice. Yes. And of course, in, in the file, you, you know, you've got like menus after blocks of text and stuff like that. So it's worth, probably worth doing that if you're yes. a web developer. Absolutely, I think that totally agree there. That's uh, something that people do forget about as well, quite easily. Yeah. So, as I said, there's a lot. There's lots of different small things that can actually um, can a have an influence. Also, things like turning off JavaScript as well. JavaScript's a big, a quite a big issue with accessibility. And if a site is heavily reliant on JavaScript, it can cause a bit of a headache mm. um, because you need to be able to view or use that site without JavaScript switched on. Yeah. Um, and again, with a same sort of thing with style sheets, it can really change the way your site looks and how it reads if, if these two are switched off. So Jamie, do, does anyone know if anyone's fallen foul of these rules yet? Um, I, do you know, to be absolutely honest, I, I'm not 100% sure in any particular okay. sort of cases it, this has happened. I have, I have had rumours of, yeah. of, of people being taken to court. Um, I'm actually a member of the, I have to pronounce it correctly, I always get it wrong, <laughs> the Association of Accessibility Professionals, mm. um, which is sort of a UK organisation set up to sort of get people together that are interested in accessibility and... Uh, and uh, talk about different issues mm -hmm. and um, they, they've pulled up a number of um, very large high street stores, I won't mention names, um, of, of sites that were launched this year that are just completely inaccessible um, and okay. sort of really ripped them to pieces I suppose because they're not providing a, a sort of an accessible version of their website and uh, you know it's pretty much the same that you know these are high street shops and if they didn't allow you know uh, disabled access, then they they'd be pulled that you know pulled up on it pretty quickly. Yeah. But their sites are really inaccessible, and it's quite surprising how you know even this in this day and age that those um, people that are designing those sorts of sites aren't taking that into consideration. So people are starting to get warning shots across the bows. Then. Yes, I think it's um, definitely becoming more and more um, important. I think at the moment it's you know it's building up, and I think it's going to take a sort of really high profile. Uh, case, you know, of some something happening to a large company for this yeah. to really make people sit up and take notice. Um, okay. So I would advise people to start looking into it now. <laughs> well, of course, we welcome feedback. So if there's any listeners out there that do know of anyone that's been pulled over for mm. uh, bad accessibility, let us know. And your contact details, Jeremy, are you can contact us um, either via email, which is um, info at academyinternet.com. And that's probably the easiest way to contact us, actually. 
Mm-hmm. So that's info at academyinternet.com. Okay, and of course the website is www.academyinternet.com. Is it correct? Okay, we'd also love to have um, any comments. So if you're listening to us via iTunes, uh, please uh, do leave a comment, hopefully a good one. And don't forget to subscribe. Just press that subscribe button and this will be delivered automatically to your earbuds every week or so. So, Jeremy, thank you very much for talking about accessibility. Have a great week, folks, and uh, we'll see you again soon on Internet Marketing. Internet Marketing is brought to you by summitsolutions.co.uk. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.